Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my good friend, Dr. David Powers. He's uh, in a mastermind group that I was in for a while, and he is awesome. He's got an awesome story about how he started out in the military, in the Marine Corps, and then became an Army medic, and then um, went to Homeland Department of Homeland Security and sought out emergencies and helped people out through emergencies, including like Hurricane Katrina back in, I think, 2005, I believe that was. Um, but now he uh, speaks for EMS conferences, has a very awesome speaking career, travels all over the country speaking, being able to bring his kids. He's a homeschool dad and now has taken that knowledge of uh, for medical training, preparedness training, and he's now started a He's going to launch a membership around being prepared and prep for preppers. So for people who are not like so super into it or um, for beginners, his ideal people are the folks who are just getting started, trying to figure out what in the world they need to have on hand in case of emergency. He's your guy for that. And he's starting a membership for it. I encourage you to check it out. His website is rugged dead or the rugged journey.com, the rugged journey.com. But it was just an awesome interview with uh, just some of the things that people go through in building a business. We talked about how to build an email list, how he does social media, how outsourcing has helped him uh, focus on the things that only he can focus on. And he does this being a dad of, of five and homeschools them. So pretty remarkable dude. Here's my interview with David. Dr. David Powers, welcome to Streams of Income. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I know I, that's a little formal. I'll just call you David because you're my you're my buddy. Um, yeah, David so, or Redbeard. Redbeard, that's right. So I, you're one of my good friends, and it's an honor to have you on. And I'm so excited about what you have going on. I want to get into that. But as you know, you listen to my podcast, and uh, I love hearing people's stories because it's so fascinating. I always learn a ton from people's journeys, where they got started and and how the, how they got to where they are and the pivots they've had to make um, in life and business because business is a lot of pivoting if you're you're still doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I want to hear your story. So take me back as far back as you want to go. Okay. Um, tell you what, I will start with uh, senior year in high school because that's kind of what put me on this journey. Mm -hmm. um, at 17, I uh, joined the Marine Corps. And, uh, of course, that young had to get your parents' permission and all that good stuff. Yep. But um, I come from a military family, so that wasn't an issue. But from the age of 17, uh, I've been in jobs and professions where I, I carried a firearm and always running towards whatever was going wrong somewhere, mm -hmm. um, either combat or uh, disasters, terrorist yeah. incidents. And uh, so it's kind of in my blood now. And yeah. so, you know, the Marine Corps early on, um, after the Marine Corps, I uh, went into the Army, uh, kind of went into the medical side of things. Mm -hmm. And so became a combat medic in the Army. And after that, uh, got a job with the government uh, working disasters. Uh, we would set up field hospitals at disaster uh -huh. sites. And, uh, of course, some of them near you back when uh, Katrina and Rita came storming up the, the Gulf into Texas and Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I worked for Homeland Security for a while. Um because of the job I was in at the time, I actually got to be a founding member. And uh, so we helped build the the massive department known as Homeland Security now. Yeah. And so, you know, I have always been just 
wanting to be there. I'm not, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I wouldn't say that, but I do love excitement. Yeah. And so always want to be there when something bad's happening. That way I can use what I know to help people that are mm. at risk, in danger, uh, in what trouble for whatever reason. Yeah. And so that's given me a lot of skills and experience in the area of preparedness. Mm-hmm. And so even better than that, even better than what I know is it's put me in line with a lot of experts in that field. And that's kind of what I want to do now is bring yeah. all that together. Uh, my experience, awesome. the experts. Wow. 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 Well, number one, thank you for your service. We all appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, what did you do? Have you, did you always feel like you were entrepreneurial? Oh yeah. Even the, it's kind of weird, even working for the government uh-huh. and uh, working for employers at times, I chafed at the bureaucracy. Yes. And for me having just one boss, tell me what to do. That's enough bureaucracy for me. Yes. And uh, so the other jobs, I mean, so many layers of red tape, and uh, I finally just got tired of it, went out on my own. And I mean, aside from a military family, uh, I'm a third generation Marine Corps. Um, mm. Everybody's been entrepreneurs in my family. Mm. It's like the first chance they got. They fired their boss and yes. went their own way. And uh, that's in my blood as much as the other stuff, I guess. Yeah. What did that look like for you when you left your the Homeland Security? Um, I went straight into teaching and training. Um because of the level of responsibility I had when I left, uh, I was the person in charge of overseeing training, making sure we got set up right. Uh, anytime new folks came in, helping with the onboarding. And so I just transferred that. And, and to be honest with you, I even transferred some of the exact same classes I taught um, really? over into the civilian wow. world. Wow. Wow. What did, so what was your first entrance into business when you, when you left? Um, well, I'll tell you something funny. My first entrance into business ever uh, was mowing yards. Okay. When I was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was seven years old. So the entrepreneurial journey started that, that young, but uh, first foray into business as a civilian later on um, speaking at conferences, mm. basically all the people I used to train, uh, I then pivoted and started speaking at uh, EMS conferences. Uh, wow. fire. Okay. How'd you make that leap? Cause there's people listening here that are like, man, I would love to do that. And you, you sound like you just did it in a sentence and you just, you just started speaking. <laughs> But what was that like to go from um, <laughs> when, okay, when you, okay, when you left and I don't know the answer to this, I probably should since we're friends, did, was it, did you decide, Hey, I'm out of here or did you leave on your own, your own will? Yeah, it's um, I, at the time I was not only um, working for the federal government, I was still in the national guard. Okay. Uh, I'd continued military service. And so part of it was uh, wait till my contract is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as federal service, I kind of just walked away and, and I'm still kind of under con. I'm an independent contractor uh, with mm-hmm. the government now. And so, which is their way of saying entrepreneur. Yeah. And so as far as the speaking, I kind of just walked away from the stuff and uh-huh. to be perfectly honest with you, it kind of was that easy because I, I find a lot of government conferences, mm-hmm. I, let me put it this way, EMS and fire, they all have training officers. Okay. And because they do training, everybody assumes they're good speakers. And they're not. <laughs> Most of them are horrible. And so the fact that I was willing to stand up in front of a crowd um, and sound halfway decent, better than the training officers, yeah. everybody wanted to hear me. And and if you're seeing this on video at all, I mean, I stick out a little bit. Um, you know, there's a glare on the top of my shiny head and the red beard. And people always remembered the bald guy with the red beard, mm. even if they didn't know my name. Yeah. And so it got me more business that way. Wow. Do you remember your first gig, your first speaking opportunity and how you actually got that? Because folks that are listening want to know like, man, I'd love to make that 
change. I'd love to be able to quit my job and go into something. So walk us through like how you got that first opportunity. Okay. Um, you know how sometimes people like to pad their resumes to get a job or something? Uh-huh. I think I over padded my speaking resume <laughs> because it was the uh, North Carolina EMS conference. And so it's okay. the annual statewide conference for EMS paramedics fire. Had you been there before and, uh, as a federal government employee? No. Okay. No, no I just, uh, I'd heard about it. There, there's a state conference for everyone. And so yeah. I, I just pitched my lectures and put a nice resume and a CV together and send it in. And nice. they didn't tell me beforehand. They booked me for three lectures. Um, and I'm assuming, okay, first time, they don't know me that well. These are going to be, you know, one-hour breakout sessions. Yeah. And I get there, and and the lady tells me, all right, so we're going to have you set up for the keynote session in front of everybody here in a few minutes. Wow. And I had no clue. It went from me thinking it's going to be 20 people in a breakout to I was speaking to 1,500 in a keynote. No way. Your uh, first time? Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, scared. was that a change? Like was, um, was that because they just didn't give you that information up front or did they pivot in the middle of this thing and decide that they were going to make you the keynote? Probably both. And, okay. and me not knowing enough to ask, yeah. like, Hey, am I doing the keynote? <laughs> Cause most speakers are like, Hey, I want to do the keynote. I'm thinking, yeah. let me get my feet wet with some breakouts. Yes. And uh, no, I did the keynote. Wow. And uh, no, nobody walked out during it. So it had to be good. <laughs> do you remember what you talked about? Yeah. Uh, life balance. Um, it's one of my favorite EMS lectures. Uh, it's my okay. wife doesn't know me. My kids hate me and my dog mm. ran away. That's the uh, title of it. <laughs> so basically you work too much and your family doesn't. Yes. Know you. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Did you get paid for that? Yeah, I did. Nice. I did. I think I got uh, 500 bucks plus expenses Which, you know, for a starting out speaker, just getting paid is a big thing. That's great. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Most people who start out speaking, they're like, I'd be happy to go for free just to sell my books or <laughs> my course or just to get my feet wet. But man, you got your first paid opportunity yeah. right out of the gate. That's incredible. I thought I was fancy because it was a nice hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so what did it look like after that? Did you just have like then a bunch of speaking engagements after that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, after that, uh, after the first one, I mean, I put that on my, my speaking resume and mm. got a whole lot more EMS conferences. And mm. I was getting booked more and more for longer pre-conference sessions. Uh, I mean, mm. I realized my skill is not in keynoting. Uh, I'm much better as a trainer, okay. as the breakout session guy, or for okay. just more like all day long training. Yeah, Because uh, I've got the, the enthusiasm and the endurance to keep up with it. And uh, mm. to be honest with you, I enjoy it a little more because I get to know the participants. Yes, that's good. I know um, I haven't had Kent on the podcast yet, but I've been uh, hammering him. Hey, you need to get on here, but I know he's been speaking a lot. Um, do you do you do his revolving door strategy at all? I do. I do. Can you in the, talk about in that? Like for people world? that that are listening here that want to start it, either are speaking a little bit and want to expand that or want to get into speaking. Can you talk about that strategy and how you've used it to you know, launch your career? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the main thing is top of mind awareness. Um, I send out uh, regular emails uh, to my industry, which for that is mostly uh, EMS, fire, and law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And so I send out regular emails, not too regular because I don't want to you know, make them mad at me and unsubscribes and all that, mm-hmm. but uh, providing something every time. I mean, there's barely a sales pitch. Uh, it's basically get in touch if you want me for your next conference, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Is this, and, is this um, going to the event coordinators of each of these uh, state-run conferences? 
Yes, okay. uh, definitely. And that's the hardest part is uh, finding out who's in charge. Uh, mm-hmm. Because at least in this industry, probably most, but I know for sure in this industry, it's usually a volunteer that's already working full time uh, at okay. their regular job and they're mm-hmm. stuck on the committee this year. And so that changes every few years or when they get tired. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So if I'm pretend that I'm the the Texas State uh, EMS conference coordinator, what would that and you, you've never met, emailed me before I just got in or let's say that you've never reached out to the Texas chapter before what would that first email look like and then what what do you send ongoing uh generally the first one is nothing but an intro uh, an intro and a resource of some kind i like to say you know who i am um enough about my resume to know to let them know i've got the background that mm-hmm. uh, i'm not i wouldn't show up not knowing anything about medicine or ems yeah and uh that's really all i send them with the first one and uh just to introduce myself and uh you know, hopefully they're going to open it and like it, and that way they'll recognize me more further on. But uh, I'm going to keep sending them an email, uh, I don't know, every month, every couple months. And what's in and those? Just, I remember Kent talking about it's things that are mm-hmm. valuable to them. So what does that look like as the event coordinator for an EMS conference? Um, basically, I, I stay in my wheelhouse. And so I'll, I try to send a lot of things dealing with leadership topics. Mm. And uh, as far as EMS goes, um, my graduate degree is in counseling. And so I try to send resources that help their responders stay on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, things about PTSD, how to prevent uh, all that buildup of stress beforehand, things like that. Because most of the people, the coordinators I'm running into are the guys that work in the field or the ladies that work in the field. And they're not necessarily up on the counseling and everything else, yeah. but they do know that they need to keep their providers working. Yeah. Wow. So it's top of mind, meaning that when they go to, hey, we're about to meet on who are our speakers, they remember you because they've gotten a few of your emails since that time. And then also you're presenting yourself as the expert because, number one, you've spoken at other conferences, other state conferences. They could easily pick up the phone and ask another state conference coordinator, hey, how did he do? Um, So they can get that information, plus that you're, you're seen as the expert because you you're sending them valuable information that actually is helping them. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And another thing I like to do is uh, like any industry, they have national conferences as well. And most of your state conference folks will go to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to go to the national conferences and, you know, set up somewhere at a coffee shop nearby or in the hotel lobby. And I'll get on social media and just advertise like a a hangout and talk session. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with the conference itself uh, officially. Um, but people will see that on social media and I'll announce that in an email too. And then, nice. you know, I'll just meet up for coffee with people and, and get to know those state leaders at the national conference. That's awesome. That's brilliant. And so those are the people that are potentially making the decisions at their state level conferences. And now they're, you're meeting them yep. all in one place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's, uh, it lets them get to know me and it removes that barrier to entry because they, they see me, they talk to me, they, you know, they see that uh, I don't have a horrible Southern accent, anything that might turn off their audience. Yeah. Wow. Uh, speaking of the Southern accent, one of the EMS conferences I speak at the most is in Connecticut. And so I don't know if they like the Southern accent or they just like me. <laughs> right. That's awesome. How many of these EMS conferences have you done since that first one in North Carolina? Approximately. Oh, about 30. That's awesome. About 30 and a lot of repeat visits, which is okay. a big deal. Um, I've actually had a, several where I've been there so many times that they finally said, you know what, we're not bringing you back next year. We need to, we need to give somebody else a chance, uh, resubmit in a couple of years and we'll bring you back again. 
so it's bad because I don't get to go, but it's good that uh, you know yeah. they want me back again. They just need to sure. get you know everybody else a break. Yeah, and do you get paid for those breakout sessions too? Yeah, um, what I like to do is uh, to make it easier on them. I pitch a package. Like okay. you just pay me per day and I will do as many breakouts, keynotes. You've got me for the day. That's and awesome. uh, usually I like to stay a couple of days anyway, because I mean, they're at resorts. I'll stay and hang out, talk to the providers. And yeah. with the topics I talk about, uh, PTSD, things like that, it's amazing how many of those folks will come up to me after the lecture and want to talk privately. Wow. Is, um, what's, Okay, so I, I didn't expect it going this way, but this is kind of where I felt like we'll, we'll keep, we'll definitely want to get into your membership that you're doing. But this is part of the backstory that I love fleshing out. Um, if I'm starting the speaking, give me an idea of what to expect. Like, am, am I going to, I know it's so different across the board and the answer is probably it depends, but do you typically get paid plus like uh, an experience? like plus all your, your airline or your travel and food. How does that work out when you go do these? Uh, typically the ones I speak for, it's a government entity that's sponsoring the conference. And so lots of rules. And so typically I get paid and uh, they have a set budget for like the entire speaking cohort. Mm -hmm. um, so I get paid plus all expenses. Um, it's like they have to pay expenses. And so um, one of the neat things I do is I drive to all my conferences. I mean, okay. if it's in Alaska, I'm still driving. Really? To me, it's a vacation. Yes. Um, we hold school. So me and whichever kid, whoever's turn it is, uh -huh. we take a, a road trip. That's and so great. they have to pay me either flight or mileage. And oh, so they pay mileage the like whole way. What's it now? 58 cents a mile or something? Yeah. Yep. The IRS rate, they have to go by that. And then when I get there, they pay per diem, wow. the IRS per diem for food, which I mean, all these conferences are held in nice places. I mean, like, you know, you're in Dallas and per diem there's probably 80, a hundred bucks a day for food. Wow. And I eat cheap. I mean, not because, of, well, I guess I am cheap, but I could eat at McDonald's and pocket the extra money if I wanted to. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. So it sounds like if you want to get in, the, you, somebody that works with the government is probably a good place because they, they have to pay you. <laughs> yep, exactly. Now, do they, they have, have, to like, do they have set thing. budgets like, like David, it's, it's $500 and that's all we can pay. Or is there a negotiation that's uh, available? There's negotiation. I mean, like all meeting planners, things like that, they'll tell you there isn't, you know, the budget's full, but uh, then, then you'll see them bring in a big keynote or that's a celebrity or something, you know, they're paying them 10 grand just to show up. Yeah. And so I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm pricing myself out of the EMS market because okay. uh, income wise, I've, I've hit the top level there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's, it's going to get me fewer conferences, but I get paid well when I go. Nice. And so it's still a great industry. If you've got speakers that are familiar with the industry yeah. um, for entry level speakers, I mean, it's great because awesome. you're competing with those training officers and they really are pretty bad usually. <laughs> And that may be the same across, exactly. That may be the same across the board with other government agencies, right? Other government conferences. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. most people that have to do training, um, they're hired because they're there, not because they're good trainers. Usually, got it. Wow, man. Okay, so you, we so we've covered that chapter. You you went away from Homeland Security and got a, a, a sound like a pretty fabulous speaking career. What? I know you're doing more than just that. So what's uh, what's that spawned into? Well, the big thing for me now is prepping. And uh, mm -hmm. when you say that word, not like most people think with the wacko doomsday preppers. Yeah. Um, for me, it's 
I've spent decades, and I know I look so young on the video, but I've spent decades uh, responding to disasters where people were unprepared. Mm. And uh, I'm talking things as simple as a car wreck is a disaster for the family involved, mm. a house fire, uh, hurricanes. I mean, I live on the, the East Coast or close to it now. And for us, the big thing is hurricanes. And, uh, yeah. of course, if it snows one inch, everybody falls apart. And so ice storms, things like that. And just to give you an example, um, I grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we had two or three hurricanes a year on average. We lived there for decades and not one time in all those years did we ever have a hurricane box, you know, mm -hmm. some water, some food, some things like that. Mm -hmm. And we scrambled every time there was an evacuation to put things together. And then yeah. you go to the grocery store and it's sold out. Yeah. And so a lot of what I try to do now is just get uh, parents to get their families ready for basic disasters. Um, and I'm talking things like a, a small bug out bag, a decent first aid kit, not just a mm -hmm. Ziploc bag with band-aids in it. Yes. Um, a hurricane box. I mean, for you where you live, uh, definitely like something in the house for ice storms because mm. Texas, when y'all get a big ice storm like that, it shuts the place down. Yeah. And uh, of course, further away from you is Houston and they flood what a couple times a year. I mean, these are things that people need to be prepared for, for the areas they live in. And that's what I do now. And that's what the community I'm building is all about is just basic preparedness. Yeah. So how, do, what's it like to go from speaking where well, you're still speaking to building an audience? Like what's the process you've gone through to get to where you are now? Learning from every expert I could find. And uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I got to give you credit. You're the one that put me on this path. Oh, um, I, I was, I went from speaking to doing courses and I always wanted to do a, an online course uh, just to get that information further out. Mm -hmm. And uh, you kept saying membership, membership. And because um, there's so many things there I can do that I can't do within a course. Uh, I can actually yeah. get to know people and uh, build a community. Uh, I mean, I keep saying, you know, non-wacko preppers, but I've got to find those people. And mm. that's who I want to bring in is just some people that want to keep their families safe. And so listening to you, um, Flip Lifestyle, I mean, some of those guys, I mean, just places that you've turned me on to, to be honest, yeah. and uh, just absorbing everything I can. Yeah. What are some of the things that you're doing? Because there's a lot of people that want to go down the same road that you are, that you're going down, but aren't as far ahead as you are. So what are some practical steps in your own words, as far as like, if I wanted to, let's say I wanted to build my legends group all over again, I, I'm an Amazon yeah. seller and I, I really feel like I could help people get started selling on Amazon and grow their business. What would you tell me to do? Um, get a VA. <laughs> that's, that's another <laughs> thing that you turned me on to. And I'm sure your audience has yeah. heard a bunch, but yeah. uh, getting a VA took so much off my plate as far as uh, a lot of the, the daily day-to-day -day admin type stuff that I was staying mm -hmm. so busy with. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to do the the big thinking and planning. Mm. And my VA handles most of that now, all the social media posting uh, she does. Uh, she's even monetized several of my social media channels and uh, awesome. got me set up selling merch on YouTube, things like that. And so it frees up. It provides more income on a passive level. Yeah. It frees me up to do the big level thinking. Yes. And so lots of social media posting. And I've been warming up my email list. It's not yeah. a huge list. Yeah. But uh, sending out regular emails to get them warmed up before I actually do the launch. Yeah. How did you show. build your email list? Very slowly. <laughs> um, mostly at lectures. Uh, when I would do keynotes and breakouts, I would uh, try to enlist people to sign up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, also uh, just 
you know, people that hit my social media and like something I've done and go to the, the link. And mm-hmm. then I've got a nice lead magnet. Uh, it's a, it's a basic primer about family preparedness. Mm-hmm. And it's really good if somebody doesn't want to go through one of my courses or they're not ready for my membership yet. They're just kind of dipping their toes in the preparedness game. Yeah. Uh, it's a great lead magnet. They can pop on my, my website and get that for free. And that helps with the list a lot. That's awesome. When is your membership in launching? Uh, it's launching the end of this month. Uh, well, I'm, this is recorded. So the end of November uh, okay. on Cyber Monday, I think that's the 28th. Nice. Where can people go to to sign up for that? It's the ruggedjourney.com. Ruggedjourney.com. Because okay. I'm the rugged dad. And so we're going to take this journey together. I love it. And so you're saying it's for people who are, who want to want to go down the prepping route, but don't feel like they're the wacko prepper that uh, is, you know, waiting for zombies. They're like, they just want to be a little bit more prepared when like natural disasters come. Yeah, exactly. That's my intro audience. Um, There are going to be some advanced courses in the membership. I mean, I'm going to take people all the way to off the grid if they want to go that way. Um, But I mean, I live on a farm. And so some of this comes real easy to me and I've got a, a really great training ground here. And uh, so I want to take it as far as they want, but it's all entry level. I mean, they could do like the 101 type stuff where it's just a safety box in the car. Yeah. Like uh, in Atlanta a few years back, they had all the folks that got uh, stuck on the interstate in the snow and ice. Mm -hmm. And people almost froze to death because they didn't even have blankets in the car in wintertime. And so, you know, that's how simple I want to start them out and take them as far as they want to go. What do you feel like the people that you're talking to? um, What's the simple, like the first, some of the main things that they would need? Is it just some of the stuff we've already talked about, like the hurricane box? Or what do you feel like is like the the top five things that you feel like most people don't have that they should? Um, I would say, number one, especially I'm thinking as a dad with five kids, mm. uh, a good first aid kit. Mm. And a decent first aid kit in the car, uh, mm-hmm. one in the house. And I've even got one. I go hiking a lot with the kids. And so I've got one I carry in my backpack. Yeah, and uh, more often than not, I end up using it on me, but uh, it, it's yeah. still good. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of yeah. fact, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, yeah. Went hiking with my wife and my son, who was uh, 14 at the time, mm-hmm. and so we were hiking on these abandoned railroad tracks and found some railroad cars. And you know, what do you do when you find something like that? Well, of course, you climb up onto them to see what yes. it's like. Yes. And so I'm climbing up and there's a crease in the top of my head right there. That's not a wrinkle. I was climbing up and hit my head and split it wide open. Oh my goodness. And, uh, yeah. And I had a first aid kit. It overwhelmed that pretty quickly because it had severed an artery on this side. Oh. And so it's me, my wife and my kid. And we've got to hike about two miles back out just to get help. Whoa. And so, and yeah, and I managed to not pass out from blood loss or anything, but it bled through everything we had to the point where, my wife actually took her shirt off and put her jacket back on. And I was holding her shirt, just walking out the trail like this. Oh my goodness. And so it's simple things wow. like that. If you get hurt on a hiking excursion or something, are you prepared? Yes. Wow. We were because thankfully uh, her shirt was <laughs> enough to staunch the blood flow. That's right. But uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, it wasn't fun when it happened, but it made yeah. for a really neat example story to tell yeah. people. Oh my God. <laughs> I think, wow, man, thankfully you're okay. Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy. Um, what are some other practical things that you feel like you've done to grow that email list? Because I really feel like if you don't have an email list, you don't really have a business. So Exactly. Um, um, yeah. 
I'm big on uh, I'm big on trying to build in places I own. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, building a big social media following, it's really nice to see big numbers and followers, but I don't own that. I, that could get shut down. I could say the wrong thing and get kicked off any of those yes. platforms. Yeah. And I say the wrong thing a lot. You just ask my wife. And so <laughs> I like the I like the email list because I own it. Yeah. I, I can do whatever I want with it. And so it's built small, but I'm finally honing it down to where it's a warm, hot list instead of cold. Yeah. Um, for a while there, I would send out a I sent out regular newsletters, and I would send one out, get a ton of unsubscribes. Yeah. And that hurt. That hurt real bad because when it's small, it's like, why? Why do they hate me so much? Why don't they like me? But I, you know, some people told me that you know that's going to happen no matter how famous you are. You're just getting yes. rid of people who aren't your ideal customer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if your mom unsubscribes from an email list, you know you're in trouble. That didn't happen, thankfully. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just honing down that list and, and keeping it warm, um, mm-hmm. sending regular emails out so that it's not such a, a shock, like, who's this guy? I, yeah. I don't want them saying, who's this guy? I want them saying, what does David have to say today? Yeah. And, and that way they want to open about, it up. And, are they at least once a week? Yeah, I send them once a week. Yeah. And I try to provide resources. Uh, I, I'm big on – giving away a lot of things for free. I mean, there, there, you could buy one of my books on Amazon and it might be all this prepper survival stuff. But if you read, you know, 20 of my newsletters, it's the same stuff. I like giving it away. Yeah. uh, It it gets people to where they want to stick with me. And eventually with this membership, hopefully they'll join me in a community. Absolutely. Wow. Any questions about the membership like um, that you have for me? Cause I mean, we've had the legends group now for almost six years. Um, you know, typically I just interview people, see what they're doing, but is there anything that any questions you have specific to your membership that the answer might help others as well? Um, yes, I, I do have one. I, I'd like to ask that, uh, cause I'm having, I'm going to have a first aid certification inside my membership mm-hmm. and, uh, cause I can teach that and actually certify people. And yeah. so uh, bundles, that's something I am definitely going to get into. I've been listening to your videos on the legends group mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, bundles is something that I am really going to be looking at. So yes. I don't know if that leads to you. You might want to mention about selling product or something. Yeah, no, that's a good thing to do. Um, So if you want to go down that road, I would definitely connect you with Leanna Croco and our legends group, who is the bundling queen. Um, Amazon has completely changed their rules recently with the GTIN exemption, the UPC codes and all that. And uh, she keeps up on that and will be able to help you with um, with that. But yeah, I think that's brilliant because what you would, would you like take somebody else's first aid kit and put your, some, put something else that's your own to make it unique or would these be all your products? No, I'm thinking what I'd like to do is uh, what I consider a good first aid kit. Mm-hmm. And I want to put it together using other people's products, but like in a bag that maybe has my logo or my Perfect. patch or something on it. Yes. Yes. Yep. You can. Yeah. So it's the rugged journey first aid kit. I love it. Yep. And cause then, cause I, I remember getting your, um, I signed up for that course that you had that was just an email drip course. It was like one thing a day to add yeah. your bug out bag. Like I think eventually we've talked about this before. You could have a thing like, Hey, here, just one link. I have everything that you need right here. Click this one button and we'll ship all of it to you. Um, and you could do that with wholesale relationships. You wouldn't even have, wouldn't even have to be your own products because you're, we're essentially buying it through your your site instead of Amazon. I mean, yeah. It could be on Amazon yeah. too. But and I like that idea. Some people like the journey of building a bug out bag. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that, just looking through products and stuff. Mm-hmm. But other people, I mean, yeah, they may want to just 
sign up and say, hey, don't teach me all this. Just send me the bag. Yeah, just the easy And then you can teach me how to use it. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) that's so good. Man, I love it. You mentioned something that uh, is what I'm wanting to do is I asked you about a question, and the first thing you did was mention an expert. And see, Mm -hmm. I think that's what sets us apart is I'm not claiming I know everything, but I know a lot of people who know a lot. Yeah, and uh, that—that's what I think. That's what really helps us and helps them as well. Yes, yeah. And you'll bring like if somebody in your group doesn't know, ask you a question. It's probably going to be can't imagine somebody in your membership doesn't you don't know the answer to it. But if you don't, you'll be able to find the answer for them. Oh yeah, yep. That's awesome. Cool. What I mean, you've you've done a lot. Um, you've seen a lot. You've experienced a lot. Um what advice would you give for somebody, you know, what would you advice would you give yourself back when, you know, you were still at Homeland Security dreaming about having your own business? Um, I would say uh, just make time for it um, Mm. without sacrificing family. Mm. I mean, I've got five kids in all different schedules and kids in sports and stuff like that. And one of my hallmarks is I've always been willing to sacrifice making more money so that I could spend more time with the kids. I Mm. mean, I eat three meals a day with my kids. I'm here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you know, I work between that and they all have to go to bed at a certain time and I, I'm a night owl. So I'll stay up late mm. and uh, just, I'll, I'll do some of my work late because that's just the best time that I'm not taking time away from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, plus I call it research because I'll watch zombie movies when I'm working late and, and you know, uh, that's just prepper research. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. You mentioned something about you had a VA to do some of the admin tasks to help you focus on the bigger things. So what are those bigger things for you that are the things that move the, move the needle in your business that only the things that pretty much only you should do? Okay. Um, publications and courses. I, I would just nail it down to two things. Mm-hmm. Um, the publications, I've got a lot of books on Amazon and uh, just publishing prepper and survival material. And so that's one of the big things that uh, I need to do. Uh, so it's got my mark on it, but I enjoy doing it. And so yeah. it's not, not that bad. Yeah. Um, as far as the coursework, um, that's where I take all the resources and all the experts, all the publications, and it's a personal touch then. Uh, yes. Then it's it's back to me training again, which is yes. you know right at the core of where I started. And Love it. even if I got big enough, I could probably hire somebody to do some of that. That that's part of the business. I don't really want to give up. I, yeah, I want to free up time so I can do that more. Love it, love it. Do you envision to go doing any more speaking, or you feel like that's kind of more on the back burner? It's on the back burner. Uh, I mean. I love the speaking, I think more for the traveling and yes. meeting new people. <laughs> yeah. And so it's one of those situations where if I do go speak, I'm going to get paid well and it's really worth it. And my yeah. kids are going to get to go and enjoy it. And, but I'm not as actively seeking out speaking as I once yeah. was. Okay, cool. What other advice do you have for folks or anything else on your heart? Um, well, definitely join my membership. Uh, that's yes. the main thing, but, uh, cause that's where we're going to find community. But I mean, I am wide open on social media too. And, and so I'm, I'm not like Gary Vee where I'm so big, I'm not going to answer things. Right. If you comment or, or ask a question, I'm, it's going to be me that's talking to you. Yes. And uh, I just love uh, getting outside. I mean, uh, I, I'm in upstate South Carolina. And so if anybody's over this way and wants to go hiking, kayaking, biking, I'm up for adventure. And, and you know, it, it gets me out of the office. Uh, yes. I might take a kid or two to tag along, but, uh, you know, we'll have fun. I love it. How can people find you online? Uh, they can find me at theruggedjourney.com. That's the membership. 
Yeah. Um, but they can also find me at uh, Rugged Dad Lives. That's the uh, my my basic prepping website. And you have the Facebook and Instagram links on there. I do. I do. Uh, I, I love Instagram for the um, the visual appeal yeah. of it. Yeah. And so that's where you'll find me most often. But I, another thing I'm really enjoying is TikTok. Um, yes, I've heard. Because- I had a call yesterday. Um, I don't know if you know the name Greg Tosi, but he's been on this podcast once or twice. And he's telling me more about TikTok because he was yeah. um, on a in a mastermind group. Had there was his mastermind group that he's a part of had a special guest come on who's blown up on TikTok and talk yeah. talk to the group about how she did it. And he was like, Ryan, it's TikTok, not TikTok specifically, but short form video is where mm-hmm. it's at now. And she said that if you don't go, you can either go with short form video or get left behind. And yeah, so exactly. It's, um, and I'm not blowing up, but um, TikTok, me and my kids have fun with TikTok. Yeah. But uh, YouTube Shorts, I would credit YouTube Shorts with what monetized my YouTube, uh, more so than the long-form videos. That's awesome. Yeah, so cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And guys, theruggedjourney.com, check out his membership. Launches at the end of the month. And uh, David, you're welcome back on anytime. Let me know. All right, I appreciate it. Updates or anything you want to chat about, let me know. All right, thanks. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.